0: I trust that you've had a merry uh, Christmas and uh, what a lovely way uh, to end uh, this Christmas day, uh, which is also on the Lord's day, uh, and to gather together like this. I know we're a smaller congregation than usual, but uh, it can be sweet fellowship as we gather around the word, and it is a wee word, I've got to bring tonight God has led our assistant Andy and Nathan our trainee to preach messages from mainly the gospel of Luke the accounts there and Andy last night a uh, lovely message from the account in Matthew the Lord has led me to the old testament alternative messages and this evening Uh, we're going to look at a very famous verse, which is also quoted in the account in Matthew 2, when the wise men go mistakenly to King Herod in Jerusalem, thinking uh, that uh, the star that has declared the birth of the newborn king uh, is leading them there. And when they ask uh, where is the king to be found, Herod... Uh, consults the religious leaders and they go straight away to the prophecy in Micah, chapter 5, verse 2. Let me just remind you of it. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrata, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me, the one to be ruler of Israel, whose goings forth are from of old. Micah has been called the mini Isaiah, uh, because just as with Isaiah, there are great promises here concerning the Messiah that was to come. And what makes the prophecy that we're considering this evening unique is that it's the only one to mention the birthplace of Jesus, Bethlehem, Ephrater. And when we consider that this was given to Micah seven, eight hundred years before the birth of Jesus. Then it is an astounding thing. And when we also consider, like this morning, the background to these uh, promises of great light, that it's against a dark background, then I say it is a matter for us to rejoice in. At this point, uh, Micah was addressing uh the king of jerusalem judah the southern kingdoms the northern kingdoms israel had divided from the southern kingdoms so the people of god were divided very much like today and israel had been taken into captivity but judah hadn't but things weren't good in jerusalem things were hanging by a thread the kings were corrupt and it looked as if the Davidic line was going to come to an end. And just at that moment, when it looked hopeless and helpless, God gives Micah this wonderful prophecy that God still has a purpose for his people. And the Davidic line is not going to stop. But indeed, God is going to raise the Messiah in his time even though they're going to have to wait seven eight hundred years so this is what I would like us to consider this morning and I don't have to uh, remind you that it's evening as well (laughs) this is the covid fog affecting my mind and just like the message this morning we are living in dark times There's a war, there's been a pandemic, uh, there are all sorts of problems facing us, and that's just as a nation. And when we look at the state of the churches in our land, there is not much encouragement, is there? It sometimes looks as if things are hanging by a thread. It's deceptive here in the city, but whenever I preach in mid-west North Wales, I realise just how uh, fragile the cause of Jesus Christ is and there's no better place for us to turn than this little prophecy it's interesting as I said at the start that when the wise men ask Herod where is he that is born the king of the Jews and Herod asks the religious leaders for the answer without hesitation they quote this prophecy it was common knowledge in other words that the messiah was going to be born in bethlehem so these men knew their old testament scriptures inside out the leaders in jerusalem uh, when jesus was born but did they do anything about it no it was just had knowledge jerusalem Bethlehem do you know how much of a distance there is between the two 5 miles today Bethlehem is a suburb of Jerusalem although there is a wall <laughs> dividing them and Jerusalem is in the West Bank but in the time of Jesus' birth if these religious leaders had put into practice what they knew they would have gone with the wise men to Bethlehem do you know where the wise men could have come from Present-day Iran. These people, who have no knowledge of Scripture, in their hearts, are seeking after the newborn King. It's it's a bit like a number of the Iranians coming to this country, and the spiritual hunger that they have puts us to shame, doesn't it? Uh, with all of our uh, privileges now as we look at this prophecy may we not just want head knowledge but may our hearts want to seek after jesus christ where is he that is born king of the jews oh that i might know where i might find him don't you long that jesus will visit us by his spirits now that christmas day is more or less over i always think after christmas dinner is over this period between Christmas and the New Year is a time to look forward, not to look back at the first coming, but to look forward to the second coming of Jesus. In between the first and the second coming, he visits by his spirit. Don't you want to know his coming in that way? Now let's look at three things. I'll be as brief as possible. It's a we message that I've got and my first point is the place it's a wee place isn't it that Micah mentions but you but you in the midst of all of these great events in the midst of all the discouragement but you O little town of Bethlehem how many of you have been to Bethlehem? Only a little. It's not that nice a place. In Micah's day, in Jesus' day, it was a backwater place as it is today. It was not just a small village, but it lacked political clouts. If you do ever get to go to Bethlehem, uh, when I went there a couple of years ago, we parked in a multi-story car park, and we walked out past some burger joints and then we walked up this hill to manger square and then we went into the church of the nativity it's a very poor place it's in the west bank there is conflict there even today you can feel it in the air and this was the kind of place that God was going to bring the Messiah from little Bethlehem. Uh, let me just go through a few details uh, in the Old Testament. Bethlehem was so insignificant that it has to be distinguished from another Bethlehem. There was a Bethlehem in Zebulun, but Micah isn't referring to that. He's referring to the Bethlehem in Ephrata. Now, if I was referring to Cardiff, you'd know what Cardiff I'd be referring to, you not you? Now, there are other Cardiffs, you know. There's a Cardiff by the sea, south of Los Angeles. But when we talk about Cardiff, we don't have to say Cardiff by the taff. But Bethlehem was so insignificant that Micah had to make that distinction. Bethlehem isn't mentioned in the 115 towns in Judah's patch in the book of Joshua. So Bethlehem was a small place, Insignificant. But in God's eyes, it wasn't. To outward appearance, it was. But in God's book, it was right at the top. And isn't that God's way? If you look at the history of God's people, if you look at the Bible accounts of the history of God's people and the history of the church since, you've got two parallel lines, haven't you? You've got the history of the world, the rulers, the events that make it big in the annals of the world history, and then you've got the history of God's people. It's it's quite a paradox, isn't it? And I think God has a sense of humour, because in the Bible, some of the greatest world historic events are just footnotes. And the Bible concentrates on things that the world doesn't bat an eyelid regarding blink and you would miss them. That's because God's ways are not our ways. God's, View of things is completely different to how you and I see things. And the reason why we're here tonight is to get our eyes readjusted so that we see things as God sees them. Let me just show you how big Bethlehem actually is in God's eyes. If you know a little bit of Old Testament history up to Micah, you will realise some points I'm making. Rachel was buried in Bethlehem, Jacob's wife do you know who she gave birth to when she died in bethlehem excellence Benjamin. that means the son of my right hand is isn't that looking forward to another son of god's right hand and then a little later in the book of ruth it's to bethlehem that naomi and ruth returned to and who did ruth marry she married boaz And who was Boaz going to be in the lineage of? Well, none other than King David. So you can see already Bethlehem, even though it's an insignificant place, it's not in gods. Book. And then, of course, David was from Bethlehem. Uh, Nathan in the midweek meetings has been going through the life of David. And we had the accounts of the prophet Samuel being told by God to go to Bethlehem to anoint one of the sons of Jesse as the king of Israel. And so Jesse sets his seven sons before Samuel, and they're all big, they're all looking uh, like uh, uh, kingly material. And you know what God said to Samuel, it's not him, it's not him, it's not him, it's not him. And then they said at the end, who can it be then? Ah, there's, there's that other kid, David. Nobody was thinking of David as God's anointed, but God was. And what did God say to Samuel? The Lord does not look at things as man looks at them. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks upon the hearts. And now that the Davidic, kingly line, was looking, to humanize, very, very, delicate, it was hanging by a thread, the kings had got so corrupt, in Micah's day, God is saying, from a stump, you know, a tree stump, I'm gonna bring a little shoot, just a little green shoot, and from that shoot, a branch, And from that branch, a tree. Little Bethlehem. This is how one commentator puts it. The last thing anyone could say about King David was that he was a self-made man. David was a God-made man. What about us? Aren't we in danger of looking at the outward? Aren't we in danger of looking at the big and despising the small? Aren't we in danger? And I'm talking of us as reformed evangelicals now. Aren't we in danger of thinking that the churches can only have a future if there are big personalities to take her forward? Don't we think of some strategy that we can have uh, don't we look at the movers and the shakers whatever that means uh who will take the kingdom forward so that the future can be secure but that's not god's way When I was in Aberystwyth and converted, it was during my first year, the Welsh Christian Union was just a handful of people, but God blessed us, and a number of people were saved. By the second year, we were a much bigger gathering. I can't remember many being saved that year. What did God say to another prophet Zechariah? Not by human mights nor by human power, but by my spirits, says the Lord. God delights to take the small and the weak and the nobodies and the feeble and by his power, he transforms them into mighty. People who will shake even the world. It was a group of fishermen, tax collectors, persecutor, the god changed and they turned the then roman world upside down it's good to be reminded isn't it uh, how did paul put it writing to the corinthians and there were plenty of uh, big egos in corinth because they were all dividing <laughs> but what did paul uh, have to say to them he had to remind them that they were just little For you see your calling, brethren, not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. Why? That no flesh should glory in his presence. So a wee, wee town, oh little town of Bethlehem, the place, the person. It's not a wee person. He's not the wee man. Uh, Now, the words we're supposed to use today is dude. Uh, Well, I'm showing my age now, aren't I? Um, It's been around for a while. It's an American term, dude. Jesus is the dude, if I can put it like that. The man. We are weak, but he is mighty. We, as we look this morning, can't sort the mess we're in uh out, uh in terms of salvation. But we have one who is a mighty Saviour. Look at the way God puts it here. But you, Bethlehem Ephrata, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel. And then he talks a little later he shall stand verse 4 and feed his flock in the strength of the lord for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth from little bethlehem comes a mighty savior when the kings in beth uh, in jerusalem had become corrupt Micah is told, don't look to Jerusalem. Don't look to Jerusalem. Look to little Bethlehem because I'm going to raise my king from there. (laughs) Out of you shall come forth to me whose goings forth are from of old. At first sight, that means Jesus ...was a man. He was of the line of King David. So, of old... ...is of Bethlehem. It's interesting. Only two of the kings of Israel... ...were of Bethlehem. King David... ...and King Jesus. The first... ...and the last. And yet... ...the term of old goes even further back, uh, whose going forth are from old, from everlasting. Uh, That means Jesus Christ isn't just uh, so old that he can be traced back to the line of King David. No, no, he can be traced further than that. He is from everlasting to everlasting, far before time. Beyond creation stone, before the sun and moon and stars were born, salvation's way for sinners lost and done, was counseled forth by God, the three in one. Mighty Christ, says another hymn, from when? Not just from Bethlehem, not even from uh, Genesis 3:15, but mighty Christ from time eternal, mighty he man's nature takes. And when he is born in Bethlehem, the Son of God is from eternity. But uh, in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, uh, the Son of God became a man. And unto us, a child is born. And Jesus Christ has always been king. The babe that was born in the manger in Bethlehem is already king. That wasn't true of our present king, was it? How long did poor Charles have to wait in order to become king? He could only accede to the throne once the queen had died. But King Jesus was born a king. Our last queen, after a long uh, and very Fruitful life of service eventually died at 96. Charles will one day die and he will be succeeded by William. When will King Jesus die? He won't. Isn't that amazing? though the davidic line of kings will temporarily cease because even jerusalem will be besieged by the assyrians and then the babylonians and uh, the temple will be raised to the ground and uh, the davidic line will cease for a time yet god will raise king jesus and his reign will be forever and forever out of you shall come forth to me yes jesus was born in bethlehem but that was just the beginning he was born to raise the sons of earth he was born that man no more may die how by going to the cross in our place A little later, we're told here uh, that this king is going to be a shepherd. Verse 4, he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord. Jesus Christ said, I am the good shepherd. And what does the good shepherd do? The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Micah is the mini Isaiah, Isaiah himself, in his most famous chapter, chapter 53, said of this coming Messiah, all we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone has turned his own way, but the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. This is what uh, this uh, greater son of David is going to do. This is uh, the servant king. The son of man has come not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many and do you know what bethlehem means one of the first things we t- were taught in hebrew in bible college the meaning of bethlehem bait house lechem bread house of bread And from the house of bread was born the one who is the bread of life. I am the bread of life, Jesus said. He who feeds on me shall never hunger. The person, he's not the wee man. He is the mighty God. The God man, the only saviour of the world. Are you tonight aware of your weakness, aware of how small and insignificant you are? Are you looking and trusting in this big savior? Hudson Taylor said, "The essence of faith is its weak faith in a strong savior. The place, the person, and finally, the plan. This is all parts of God's plan. But you, Bethlehem Ephrata, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me, the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. The greatest person ever, the greatest plan ever, the plan of salvation, is coming forth from little Bethlehem. We're going to close this evening with a carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem. What does the line say? The hopes and fears of all the years, not just of all the years, of all the centuries, of all the aeons are met in thee tonight. Andy mentioned last night. What year is it now? I know what year it is. Don't worry, it's not the COVID brain fog it's 2022 A.D. Wherever you are in this world, it's 2022 A.D. What does that mean? It means 2022 years since a little baby was born in a nobody place to a couple... That's where nobody's, and he wasn't even born in the inn in Bethlehem, because there was no room there. He was born outside of Bethlehem in a stable and put in a manger. God doesn't need a plan B; nothing is going to stop god's plan. he's going to keep it to the letter. you know. Joseph and Mary didn't live in Bethlehem. They lived on the other side of the country. Uh, It's like somebody living in North Wales, right? They lived in Nazareth. But God's plan, and God has to do everything by the letter, it says, it doesn't say Nazareth, it says Bethlehem. So God has to, has to move heaven and earth, if needs be, to make sure that... Mary and Joseph, that Mary and Joseph travel to Bethlehem and Mary gives birth in Bethlehem. So it doesn't matter if he has to change the hearts of a Caesar, who is a Caesar to God, even if it's the great Augustus Caesar, the greatest of all the Roman emperors. God's plan has to come to pass. Spurgeon said this, it was Caesar's whim to hold the census but it was God's decree. Man does as he wills, but God makes him to do as he wills. Everything is of God. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in that little place. He guards the dust of earth and moves the hosts above, fulfilling the mighty plan of his great love. What about us? Are we trusting in this God? Or are we like the religious leaders in Herod's time? We know our Bibles down to the last detail, but we're not putting it into practice. It is better to have a little knowledge, but that heart knowledge... Than to have a lot of head knowledge that we don't act upon. Are you glad tonight to be part of this kingdom, the kingdom of Christ, the kingdom that can never end? Uh, It doesn't matter what happens to the kingdoms of this world, we belong to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Aren't you glad of that security tonight? Aren't you glad that even if it seems sometimes as if the cause of Christ is hanging by a thread, that God's plan will still come about? May God uh, bless us. Uh, Fear not, little flock. It is your father's goodwill to give you the kingdom. Tony now is in his eternal rest. Others in the past year have been promoted there. It won't be long. It won't be long. But however long we have left in this short fever of a life, let us be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mights. And I believe with all my hearts that if any church of Jesus Christ lifts him up and seeks to do so in the power of his spirits, then God won't let those people down. May God bless you all and may we have a spiritually prosperous New Year for his name's sake. Let us close by singing that hymn I've already quoted bits of it, O Little Town of Bethlehem, how still we see the lie. Let us stand to sing. It's number one hundred and seventy six, if you've got the book. Father in heaven, we thank thee that it's not just little Bethlehem, but little Wales, little Heath, uh, little uh, us, uh, that we uh, can know uh, that uh, coming of Jesus Christ by his spirit. And, O Lord our God, uh, we just ask uh, that this year, new year, will be a year uh, when... uh, nobody's weak vessels like ourselves are so filled by the spirit of christ that the kingdom uh, will uh, go forward in leaps and bounds we thank thee o lord our god uh, that uh, even though we may be a wee people uh, we haven't got a wee savior and thy plan is not a wee plan but it is mighty and he's mighty to save And now let us say the grace together, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.